Hello and welcome to the Howard Wright Know Your Money podcast. I'm Ashley Smith and I'm Tom Richards. On the Know Your Money podcast we talk everything finance from financial planning tips to how what's going on in the world around you affects the money in your wallet and most importantly your financial future. If this podcast helps you please like and subscribe so that we can help as many people as possible moving forwards. In today's episode we're going to be discussing behavioural finance enabling you to understand the psychological biases that can affect investment decisions and how you can overcome them. To start things off, Ash, can you briefly explain what behavioural finance is to our listeners? Of course, Tom, no problem. Um, So behavioural finance is a huge field of study that examines the psychological factors that that can influence the investment decisions that we all make. Now, it is such a huge topic, a huge study, but we're only going to scratch the surface mm. here. If it is something that our listeners want to hear more of, then we'd be more than happy to delve into it in greater depth. Yeah. The study itself seeks to understand how emotions, cognitive biases, and other psychological factors can affect market prices and investment outcomes. Traditional financial models assume that investors are all rational, that they all make decisions on all of the available information, um, and that every decision made, therefore, is a, a rational decision. Behavioural finance, however, highlights that that isn't always the case. The main reason for that is that psychological biases exist, and these biases can affect investment decisions in in multiple different ways. Some of the most common biases that our investors exhibit are are the following. So overconfidence bias, which is the tendency to overestimate your own ability or your your accuracy of predictions that you may make. Herding bias is a tendency to follow the crowd and make decisions based upon what others are doing rather than based upon what the research, what the data is telling us. Loss aversion, people have a tendency to avoid taking risk and to avoid taking or or suffering losses. And anchoring bias is the tendency to rely too heavily on the first piece of information that, that you uncover when you're doing your research. The final one here we've got is recency bias which excuse me, effectively is investors believing that recent events will continue. So if markets have been, been doing well, some investors will predict that those markets will continue to do well forever. forever. If a market has been doing poorly, or as we are at the moment in a period of, of high inflation, investors feeling that high inflation will last forever. History tells us that that's not actually the case. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for explaining that to our listeners, Ash. Could you now explain some of the key techniques that investors use to overcome some of these biases that they may have? I can. So some of the examples that investors will use, the first one is diversification. So spreading investments across different asset classes, different sectors can reduce the impact of any individual decision that you make. Creating an investment plan can can be a, a huge positive when it comes to trying avoiding uh, trying to avoid the biases. More importantly, though, it's sticking to that investment plan and not being swayed and making emotional decisions that deviate from that plan. Using something we call uh, mental accounting, so segmenting your investments or your capital into different mental accounts to help you keep your emotions in check so you you sort of may have a long-term pot and a shorter-term pot. Um, Self-control, self-monitoring is one that's often easier said than done trying to be aware of those biases and, and being aware of, of how your decisions are being influenced by those biases. As I say, much much easier said than done with that one. Um, one way you can do that is to use checklists and, and frameworks and guidelines to help with those investments. So rather than 
make a, an emotional decision before you make a decision you go back to your checklist and say well am i making this decision based upon these relevant factors obviously it is it's important to be as aware as you can of your biases and willing to, to challenge or even change your assumptions and beliefs about markets but it is something that that all of us will, will suffer from at, at one point in time that's fantastic thank you um, now onto a question that i'd like you to explain to our listeners so how can a chartered financial planner like yourself help our clients in these situations and why do clients employ someone like yourself at Hellgrant? Um, yeah, really good question. So all of the above strategies can be implemented by yourself. So if you're self-managing your investments, being aware of your biases and having those strategies in place can, can be great. Seeking advice from someone like myself um, just allows you to get that professional opinion um, someone that can talk through any decisions with you and, and sort of point out where emotions may be taking yeah. over or where that decision may not be rational with specific regard to the long-term plan. Mm-hmm. Um, a note of caution, um, and I will be as guilty as everybody else, that it's not just a novice investor that is susceptible to these biases, yeah. it's the professional or the experienced investor as well. Um, but like most things in life, if it's not, your own personal money yes we still take care we want to do the best job for our clients but because we're a step back we we are able to sometimes see those irrational and emotional decisions being made and and talk through with well is this part of the plan does this meet the checklist are we doing the right thing i want to just leave our listeners with a, an example of an irrational decision um and, and it's something that's been explored by many behavioral economists um and it's very much detailed in a book by Richard Thaler called Misbehaving, which is a behavioural finance book. Effectively, there is um, a game that gets played with students. And the game is effectively the the professor, the the teacher, trying to sell a £20 note. Now, the rules to this game are, I'll be the professor, I have a £20 note, and I would invite anybody in the room to bid on this £20 note. The bidding starts at £1 and each bid will go up in increments of £1. The only catch, the only real rule to this um, is that yes the winning bidder will pay whatever they bid for that £20 so if they bid £10 great they've bought themselves a a £20 note for £10 but also the second highest bidder also has to pay. So in this instance if it's £1 increments the second highest bidder would have been £9 they would have paid £9 but got nothing for that £9. Now, psychologists, as I say, have been conducting this experiment for many years, usually on their students within their class, and the outcome, when documented, has become very predictable. So when the auction starts, the bidders get very excited because there's a potential here to buy a £20 note for as little as a pound. However, what happens is multiple people start to bid, the value of that, that bid goes up, and as it gets closer to £20, you get a bidding war that, arrive, that, that, that starts to take place because the player that's losing realises they could be about to pay 14 15 16 £17 and not actually get anything back for yeah. it. Okay? Eventually, what happens is one of the players will bid £20, so now they're paying £20 for a £20 note, but that means someone has bid £19 and is about to get nothing, so they will bid £21. Completely irrational, why on earth would you pay £21 for a £20 note? Um, it's because you're about to lose £20 or £19 if you don't. 
usually the bidding doesn't end there either it can become a fight to, to see who loses the least so effectively what we've got here is loss aversion one of those biases in, in, in full, full display for all to see um, there's a harvest a harvard business school professor um, by the name of max Bazerman who runs this auction every year with his new students um, and his record purchase price for one of his $20 being in America is $204. So that loss of version on, on full display there, that, that, that bidding will keep going because they don't want to be the one that pays $201 for, for a $20. They'd rather pay $204 and, and they get it. So loss of version on full display. It's, it's truly fascinating there. And as you can see for our listeners, investing is not as simple as it may seem, especially if you're doing it on your own. Ashley, can you now tell our listeners how they can contact you directly to discuss their investment strategy or even how to get started investing? Yes, so um, as always, we love hearing from our listeners and answering any questions uh, and hopefully developing a, a working relationship with them moving forwards. Like always, if you want to discuss your investments or your financial future with myself or any of my colleagues at Charter Financial Planners here at Herald Wright, the best way to do this is to visit the website www.herardwright.co.uk. Uh, fill in our inquiry form or you can contact us on 0345 688 4939. Thank you again for listening to the Howard Wright Know Your Money podcast. I've been Ashley Smith and I've been Tom Richards. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like and subscribe or share on your socials. And if you're listening to us on Apple Music or Spotify, please drop us a follow and leave us a review. It really helps other people find the podcast, enabling them to know their money better and build stronger financial futures. Please also check out the Howard Wright link tree for loads more tips, tricks, articles, videos, podcasts, just like this one in the link of this video as well. And most, most importantly, importantly stay, stay tuned, tuned for future episodes. This recording contains information from sources believed to be reliable, but no guarantee, warranty or representation express or implied is given to its accuracy. Howard Wright does not undertake any obligation to update or revise any future statements. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future results. Investments can go down as well as up, and actual results could differ materially from those anticipated. This recording is for the information purposes only and has no regard to the specific investment objectives or financial situation of any individual. The information contained in this recording is not intended to constitute and should not be construed as investment or financial advice. Appropriate personalised advice should always be taken before entering into any transactions. No responsibility can be accepted for any loss arising from action taken or refrained from being taken based on this publication. Howard Wright is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.